Hey everyone, this is Arts Underground on 89.3 Huntsville Public Radio. I'm Katie Ganaway, and our guest today is Carl Paul. Hey, Carl. Hey, what's up? Uh, he is the first guest of the new year for Funny You Should Ask, a series where we talk with local comedians and try to get an idea of what they're all about. So the first question I have today for you, Carl, is where did you grow up? I grew up around Huntsville. I live like I've lived in Huntsville ended back and forth between uh, here and then uh, like across the river south of Huntsville. I've lived in Gunnersville. Of all the places you have lived, what's your favorite? I like where I live now. I like Huntsville. I just like to I like to I like how it's like 10, 15 minutes away, mm-hmm. but I really want to like be in like a wood wooded area i like for woods to be near me it just doesn't feel natural for me to live in a city but i like to go to the city and like do the activities i just don't want to like sleep in the city so let's talk about how you got interested in comedy who influenced you like who did you watch on tv or at the time when i decided to do comedy i didn't really like listen to comedians that were working today but i like heard richard pryor mm-hmm. mitch hedberg people like people that aren't alive now and then there's like youtube the internet like that's what i thought comedy was i didn't know like that people just did stand up i thought that like in my head i thought people were in comedy movies first and then they did stand up I thought people just listened to comedians because they were famous actors that were funny. So then did that change, when you had that realization, did that change your idea of, oh, maybe I could do this? Yeah, I guess it was like, man, this is a way to perform something like all the, like I have five brothers and sisters, they all play music. And I, growing up, my mom made me do public speaking and I was really good at public speaking like I won awards and stuff but I always would like try to be funny kind of and people like judges don't want you to be they want you to be really serious they're like tell us about the fear of failure and I was like (laughs) I just wanted to be funny you know and talking in front of a group of people is like super easy it's like having a conversation is hard but it never I was never scared to try comedy Mm -hmm. I just had to like learn how to do it well what was your like how did you get your your toes wet I just basically once I realized like oh people just like do stand-up they like start out doing stand-up and I just sort of like googled it and then there was a place actually it used to be the longest running open mic in Huntsville the longest running comedy open mic at uh the copper top and i just googled it it said it was on wednesday so i just kind of like i knew how to write a speech and i called him and i was like how long does it last for when i do it and they were like about five minutes so i just like wrote some stuff down that i thought was like five minutes long and i got up and i just talked about like being homeschooled, being a dad, stuff about my life, and people really liked it. So I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. And then I did it like two more times, and I was like, 
everyone really liked it. And I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. And then people were like, you sound like Mitch Hedberg. And then I was like subconsciously trying to sound like Mitch Hedberg. And then I just started bombing for like, every time I went, no one would laugh for like three, four months. No one, I would get nothing. And I was like, why did they laugh before? It just comes with a lot of like frustration and pain. I think comedy is like at least half just like going and trying a new joke and no one laughing and then getting in your car and driving home and crying (laughs) and just like feeling really bad about yourself. But then you remember, but that one time I did so good. And so you're always chasing that forever. It's really hard. It's a lot harder than... I thought it would be when I first started. When did you first start? I guess in 2014, but like I didn't do it straight through. Like I've been writing jokes since then, but like I've had to quit and like go back and forth. So I don't know. I guess I've been doing it a few years, but I started in 2014 and I did like my first comedy festival in 2015 and I did like Epic Comedy Hour in Huntsville, which is like the show everyone wants to do and after that i was like there's no way i can stop that was that feels too good to do this i keep trying to quit and then i come back to it if i stop doing comedy at this point i feel like i won't exist i don't do anything else i don't think about doing anything else like even when i'm not doing it i'm just every situation in my life i'm like how can i make that a joke and tell it on stage I'm a blue-collar worker. I'm a dad. I like to walk around in the woods. And that's it. Like, I don't do anything else. How about your daughter? Like, do you you share a bond with comedy? Uh, Yeah, I talk about her on stage, I guess. Uh, Do you ever run anything by her before you go and perform? No. I can't can't speak to my daughter the same way that I, like, speak to the people at a bar. (laughs) Uh, you did say she's 10, so that makes sense. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to being able to, like, curse in front of her. We're just, like, best friends, but I can't, like, go get a beer with her. I can't cuss in front of her, you know? So, like, what we do is just, like, everything else you would do with your best friend. It's crazy. Like, she doesn't do anything wrong ever. So it's like literally just like we need to eat now. And she's like, yeah, what? like it's I don't know. I'm probably not even a good dad because my (laughs) kid is like so easy. I'm just super lucky that my daughter is it's really it's really easy to be your dad. I don't know if I'm a real dad or if I just have like a broke roommate. (laughs) And it's not even like her fault, you know, like. Like kids just can't, 10-year-olds just can't have jobs, so. It is clear by this point you have a deadpan delivery. Like, that's your thing. I guess so, yeah. So can you talk about that style of comedy and how you sort of developed that? If you have any comedians, like, that you know personally, or maybe, like you talked about earlier, comedians that you watched early on in your career, like, if they influenced that. I don't even realize that I'm deadpan. In my head, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. My energy's very high right now. <laughs> that's how. That's what I think I sound, but I don't. People just tell me that, but no comedian has ever really influenced me to like be any certain way. 
Okay, let's talk about sharpening your set. How important is it to you to go to an open mic? And how often would you say you go to sort of get it just right? I try to go four to five times a week. And I don't exactly sharpen my, my uh, set. I sharpen like individual jokes. Sometimes I don't even have anything and I'll just go. And then I'll just like talk about a bunch of garbage for however long and then like one thing will be funny and then I'll like listen to it and be like okay I'm keeping that one. So you record yourself and then go back. Yeah at least like maybe not even a video just like I record it like I don't really write jokes I just if I think of something then I say it and then I write it down. Sometimes I feel like if you just if I just read it like there's a way that I said it and it's not just the words, it's like the the rhythm or like the, the delivery of it. And so if I just record it, then I can remember exactly like how to say it. It like saves a lot of time, I feel like, to just do it like that. Okay, how would you differentiate, if at all, performing in front of, you know, people who didn't know they were there for a comedy show to, you know, somewhere like Stand Up Live or Zanies or something like that? It's hit or miss at an open mic. Like, sometimes I try to just like, interact with people, talk about their shirt, or, you know, just whatever. I'll ask them a question, they might raise their hand. But usually, like, the host will go for a while until people start paying attention. What's the experience like, like, when it's not, I don't know, like, when it's at, you know, a ticketed event sort of thing? I'll just, like, come to a conclusion, like, oh, all of these jokes are about mental health. So I can like have a whole set of like mental health. And then I try to like segue out of it, you know, I'll be like, you, I'll just be, say something real dumb, really fast. Like, and it's really important because I have a father, because I have a, a daughter, but really I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this kind of stuff anymore. But that's kind of what I do. I'll work on a set for like a real show for like two days before the show, you know, and I'll try to like make sure it's 10 minutes. I saw that you're on a podcast. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? I, I don't know about it. <laughs> I, I just do it. Like every other Thursday, so, oh, now podcast. I don't know what it's about. I think it's about <laughs> How uh, did you even get on it? <laughs> a guy named Kyle Mays asked me to do it. I think it's about fighting. <laughs> I'm not a, I don't fight. <laughs> Like, like fighting like MMA or? Yeah, like MMA, bare knuckle fighting. I don't do any of those things. One time, like people called and, and like I gave them all bad advice. And then like, like we talked about how where Kyle grew up, someone had a pet chimpanzee and it got loose in the woods and it probably still lives there. I don't know what the podcast is about. He just like tells me to come there. And then I do. And then we talk about stuff. I don't know. It, like, that. <laughs> a lot of people like it. I don't, they're like, you're really good on that podcast. And I'm just like, why? I don't know what I'm doing on here. But if people like it, that's cool. Well, in the meantime, where can people find you if they want to follow your gigs and such? So tonight, it will be at 8 o'clock at Shenanigans Comedy Theater. I'll be doing stand-up comedy there for Demigod TV. It's a live recording, and everybody else on that show is going to be really funny. 
I'll probably be talking about how mentally ill I am. When you talk about mental illness, do you sort of, is any of it true or is it sort of? Every last bit of it's true. How do you address it? I'll just, depending on like what I think I'm going to say, I might just be like, how's everybody's mental health doing? And like people are really honest about it right then. Not like <laughs> they're, yeah, they'll be like real bad or or nobody ever says good. It's always like everybody is like engaged with that stuff because everybody is really mentally ill everywhere, apparently. Because like every time I ask somebody that everybody's like bad. Mm -hmm. That's usually how that goes over. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, me neither. And I'll just talk about like going to therapy or have you ever had anybody come up to you afterward and be like, you helped me out, man? Um, kind of. A lot of times they'll be like, that was so funny because that is exactly how I, that's exactly what I do when I'm feeling anxious. Or that's exactly, or they'll be like, ah, one time I ran into my therapist, I was so embarrassed because I was wearing sweatpants at Walmart. Or, you know, people will come up and they like connect with it. I think it's like, like, it just helps them to be like, oh, it's normal for people to go through these things and go to therapy and stuff like that. But nobody's ever been like, you saved me. You, <laughs> Nobody's ever been like, I was on the ledge, Carl, and your dumb joke saved my life. Nothing that cool. I'm not a superhero. <laughs> What's your favorite corny joke? Oh, I used to tell this joke all the time. Someone kind of stole, but it was like, thank you all for being here. I was a little late getting here because I stopped at an inconvenience store and it just took forever. <laughs> I used to tell that joke all the time and it got way more laughs than it deserved. Like that is a terrible joke. What's a hobby of yours that people might not know? I like RC cars. Me and my daughter do RC cars. It's like a thing that we both enjoy. I mean, I liked RC cars a lot, and she asked me for an RC car, and then I was like, you like RC cars? And we got some RC cars. Also, I want to know who makes you laugh the most in your life. My siblings, probably. Like, in my life on a regular basis. And they're all the musicians. Yeah, they're way funnier than me. They're, like, more talented, oh. more funnier. Um, yeah, they, are, they make me laugh on a regular basis. And do you have any final thoughts before we go? Uh, no. I didn't have any thoughts to <laughs> begin right. with. I'm just <laughs> trying to do whatever you tell me to do. Well, Carl, Paul, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And we have Carl's music picks and more headed your way, so stay tuned and enjoy.